The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. All right, everybody, welcome into the Hoop Ball Celtics podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lounsbury, here with my co-host, Lucas Gaynor. It is opening NBA season night. We are super excited. We're going to go over some preseason basketball from the Celtics, what we kind of overall thought, our thought process in that. we got some Ben Simmons drama that we are going to tap into a little bit. We're going to look forward to tomorrow night's game as well, a matchup against the Knicks and why the Celtics are maybe the underdogs, strangely. But um, you can follow the show at Hoopball Celtics. You can also follow me at Ball and Opinions. You can follow Lucas at Luca underscore Gainer on Twitter. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes, Lucas. I know you're a little bit under the weather, so. You know, um, uh, I tweeted earlier today. I said I have no idea how Michael Jordan played in the NBA Finals game. Uh, with food poisoning because I could barely get out of bed with food poisoning. But I'm feeling a little better today. Had a terrible bout yesterday. But um, I think the beginning of the NBA season is kind of lifting me back up to where I need to be. So uh, I'm doing all right, man. I'm, how about yourself, Patrick? Well, I'm doing good, man. There's like a little – it's a little magic in the air every time this time of the year comes around, man. I'm just super excited. I'm super pumped. I got a lot of energy in me right now. I just – I can't wait for basketball to be on TV, man. Meaningful basketball that is, you know, important in the NBA, on TV. No more preseason. No more summer league. I know it feels like we just had it that, not that long ago, but at the same time, it feels like it's been too long. Yeah. And speaking of magic in the air, I think we can kick it off um, with the Celtics' second-to-last preseason game against the Orlando Magic. Uh, you know, unfortunately, they ended in the 103 uh, – 102 loss, but you know, as we've said multiple times before, it's all about process over results. Uh, so, Patrick, what's your uh, biggest takeaway from this game against the Magic? Yeah, the Orlando Magic game was was kind of weird at first. You know, the Celtics came out and just just were rough on offense to start with that game, but they had a lot of turnover issues again. But you know, it was all right. You know, like they ended up turning around, and playing better. Got a lot of you know, Ennis Cantor feasting in that game. Jabari Parker looked good, who also, by the way, just re-signed with the Celtics after being cut from the team. He restructured his deal, coming back on a cheaper offer, which is nice. But overall, man, I thought they did a lot of good things, and they can build on from that game. I like Dennis Schroeder a lot in that second you know, game against Orlando. I thought he did really good, and they did in the first matchup as well. So um, just, a, just an overall solid game from the guys. Yeah, totally agreed. Uh, I also love to see Neesmith um, scoring 23 points, um, you know, shooting 50% um, from both a three and from inside the line. Um, so he's really making a case to be a legitimate. I mean, I think we kind of knew he was already a legitimate rotation player, um, but he could even, you know, potentially move himself into that starting lineup. As we know, we've talked about before, uh, his shooting is definitely something the starting lineup could use. Um, and also having him and Marcus Smart, you know, as a backcourt, you know, that's just going to be annoying as all heck to play against uh, uh, for other teams. So I think that was a good takeaway there. Um, yeah, yeah, man, Neesmith has really proved a lot to me, man. Yeah. You know, I know we talked last year. I wasn't the biggest Neesmith guy, but, you know, I should have been more patient, and he's really, really grown on me. I can't wait to see what he's doing on the court this year for the Seas. 
Yes, sir, man. I'm, I'm super excited about Aaron e. Smith. Um, another guy who I'm excited about is Romeo Langford, man. Coming again, he's been real consistent in all these um, preseason games. I'm excited for what he's going to bring to this team. I think he's definitely earned himself a type of role. I don't, I don't see a scenario where he doesn't see the court during the season, at least in the beginning, to kind of see can he carry over some of that success that he saw in the preseason into that regular season, especially in the beginning of the year. And then also, you know, we had a little bad news in this uh, this third game of the preseason with Britton Pritchard breaks his nose as leave the game early, but he's all good. It looks like he's going to be good to go, cleared. He's just gonna, It's going to be based off his own pain tolerance at this point. He does have a, a mask on. I saw it in, in the practice photos just the other day. It's going to be a clear mask. So it looks like he's going to ride as long as his pain tolerance is good. So there should be no worries as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I'll just touch on Romeo first. Yeah, if Romeo is making his three-pointers consistently and, and as fluidly as he has been in preseason, I don't see how there's any way he doesn't you know, crack the floor at least for 15 to 20 minutes a game because we know he's a capable on-ball defender. We know he can slash. As long as he limits things like turnovers and bad shots, um, I definitely think Romeo you know, is going to have a role on this team for sure. And you know, as bad as it is that he uh, broke his nose, Peyton Pritchard, uh, we get to see the emergence of masked PP. So uh, I can't wait to see what he has in store for opening night. Um, you know, he's going to handle a lot of the burden in the second unit. So, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what he comes out. Because, you know, players play better with the mask. I know that's pretty much science. Yeah, man, he might drop a career high opening night. Who knows, man? It could be it could be some crazy stuff. And then uh, another look, it does look like uh, Jalen Brown is questionable for game, but it, it looks like he traveled with the team. He's out of you know, isolation. He is with the team, actually. So I'm assuming that at this point he has had at least one negative testing. Maybe he needs a second one. And haven't really heard a word as far as that situation goes as well. And then Al Horford tested um, positive for COVID. So he missed the last preseason game, and he will be missing the opening game as well. Yeah, I can just say I hope that they're vaccinated. Um, so, you know, there's not like a breakthrough case or anything. So, you know, where it's just some mild, mild symptoms. And these guys are back up to a hundred percent quickly because uh, you know we know how COVID affected Fournier and Tatum last year, and obviously you know all the people it's affected around the world. So uh, hopefully they're vaccinated, man. And hopefully this is nothing more than just you know seven day isolation for both these guys, and I hope they get fully back up to health as quickly as possible. Um, but we'll see if Jalen plays. I think it's kind of a fifty fifty right now. Ime uh, said he doesn't want to just chuck a guy in. Usually he doesn't like to just chuck a guy in with no practice reps. Um, but, you know, this is the opening game of the year. Obviously, Jalen's going to want to be out there. So we'll see what happens. I can't wait to see if uh, Jalen's in the lineup or not. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then uh, as far as the last preseason game against Miami, we got to see a lot more of, like, some guys who are going to be key in the rotation starters. Obviously, Tatum played in that game. He rested in game three. So it was nice to see him. Marcus Smart rested in game three, and he played in, in the last game as well. Just got to see the starters bang against the Miami Heat starters there. I thought they played very well against them. Romeo Linkford was looking good out there with the first unit. Um, Dennis Schroeder, man, he had a game against Miami. He was just a pest. He was everywhere. He picked up on full court defense. It was just a lot of great things. So um, I was just happy to see what uh, he was able to do as far as um, getting in the teeth of the defense and also just being a pest on, on the defensive side of all for himself. 100% agree there with Dennis. It was good to see him operate that pick and roll. Um, you know, he had one really, really nice pass to Grant, who had kind of a bigger flush than I 
even knew Grant had in his repertoire with two hands. He went up there and powered at home. And like you said, you know, picking up 94 feet, just being annoying, man. Uh, that's the type of thing I like to see from my point guard, honestly. And, uh, you know, I just can't wait to see Dennis. You know, he's got a – I saw him post on Instagram. He's going to dye his hair with a little streak of shamrock green. Uh, so he's clearly buying into, you know, the team Celtics. I love that. <laughs> that's fun, man. Uh, you know, I'm sure him and uh, Patriots player Jalen Mills, known as the Green Goblin, you know, I'm sure they'll hit it off if they both have green hair. Uh, I'm sure we'll see something like that down the road. Uh, but, yeah, Romeo, 7 of 9 for 18 points. Absolutely love to see it. Uh, once again, I'm just going to harp on, yeah, we lost by 20. You know, the Heat played a great game, but this has been process over results when it comes to meaningless basketball, and I think the process was great. Uh, we were down Jalen, down Al, so, you know, um, and also down Rob as well because he had his uh, – not tendonitis. What was it called? I don't want to misdiagnose it. Um, I just remember it was jumpers like So basically it's like uh, – it's kind of similar um, – it's like a sore, sore muscle, muscle, and it's like much more movie, treatable and yeah. easily fixable than uh, tendonitis. So it's not like a super long term worry. Because uh, I was a little, I was a little scared when I first saw that something with a tendon, but it's not tendonitis. It's just rest and recovery. So we shouldn't be too upset for Rob. Rob is good to go for game but, one um, too. So he he looks like he's. But yeah, go, it was so. uh, you know the Heat did show that they're going to be a problem. I think we all knew that, but uh, you know Jimmy Bam and Tyler combined for seventy one yeah, points man. combined. So that's a trio we're going to have to be worrying about all year on top of the addition of Kyle Lowry. So, you know, they look good, man. I can't lie. You know, they're going to be somebody we'll be battling with the entire. Yeah, man. I also wanted to hit on that. Um, Dennis Schroeder had that, you know, r- classic Rondo type fake for a layup on Bam at a bio and ends up hitting a nice little beautiful floater over him in the paint. I thought that was just a, a great play there by Dennis Schroeder. He's just a savvy guy, man. Um, I just wanted to make sure he got all of his flowers in this, uh, you know, preseason, because I think he's going to be a big contribution to this team. I think he was the value free agent that they got, you know, especially at the contract. Everybody was talking about him. Oh, he lost the bag and all that. He's hungry, man. I think he's, he wants to come out here and play really well. And I think he enjoys playing with these type of guys. And and I think he's bought into what Ime is really trying to implement as far as a team. And then another thing was Marcus Smart did miss this last game of the preseason due to, you know, the suspension, right? Well, undisclosed, an undisclosed suspension. Apparently, he didn't follow something with the team protocols. So he may makes no exceptions. He's laying down the law. He says, All right, "This is what I expect." He talked with Marcus Smart privately. Can they they agreed upon him being suspended for the game? Move on from it, man. We don't need to know any more details than that. I like a nice, you know, knit locker room where things don't leak out. So I'm cool with that. You know, like if he has got it under control, I, I'm cool with that. At the end of the day. And it did It did come out that he uh, reportedly missed the team flight, um, which is, you know, obviously not great, but, you know, I'm not going to kill Marcus for that, man. I'm sh- Everybody knows what the, you know, the airport is like. Uh, I'm not going to kill the guy, but I think it was good that Emei handled it with some uh, re- repercussions because, you know, I think you do have to set that standard, man. You can't hold people to different standards. Um, you know, if they, if they break the rules, man, they need to be held accountable. So and that was good to hear. But, of course, I'm sure Emei and Marcus, you know, Two direct guys, so they talked it out. I'm sure this is absolutely nothing to be worried about long term. Um, and as far as Dennis goes, yeah, man, that value at $5.9 million for one year, man. We have to remember the Lakers offered him four years, $84 million. So this is a $20 million a year type of player in today's NBA um, that we're getting for six mil. So I think, you know, that's great. He's going to have a massive impact as our six man. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll close games, occasionally start games. So I'm really looking forward to see what he can bring us. Uh, 
in regular season and postseason basketball. Yeah, absolutely, man. I thought uh, overall during this preseason, I liked a lot of the, the things we're trying to scheme-wise on defense. I think Tatum showing his aggressiveness, his down ball, attacking. He's playing big boy ball, man. It really is. That's what it all comes down to. Jason Tatum is not going to let smaller people get away with guarding him. He's not going to settle for the jumpers as much this year. I, you can see it in how he's been playing. I think we're going to get a lot of downhill Jason Tatum. And that's going to result in more free points at the line and ultimately like help the team win a lot more close games when you can rely on a guy just getting down and attacking get higher percentage looks. So I'm excited for that part of Jason Tatum. I'm excited for Schroeder. Romeo Langford looks good. He looks like he's ready to take a jump. You know, I mean, what's his name? Grant Williams slimmed down. He looks good. His shot looks better. better. Man. There's a lot going positive going on right now before the Celtics. I think that there's a lot more positive too than I may have even anticipated. So I'm even in more shock. Mm-hmm. No, the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics are growing on me more and more. As the more I watch them, the more I, you know, I'm really thinking about it. But I will just touch on Tatum real quick. Two things we really wanted to see was Tatum go downhill, play through contact, like you just mentioned. He, you know, bulked up a little bit. He looks much better than that. The other thing, which I know we harped on, I know I harped on, and I was banging this drum a lot was the, the leap I wanted Tatum to take was playmaking. So when Ime comes out with a quote saying that Tatum is absolutely, I think the term was dicing up or or just cutting up the Celtics t- um, defense at practice with his passing is something I love to hear, man, because that's the next leap Tatum has to take to truly reach superstardom as opposed to just being a star. Obviously, we know how good he is at scoring and defense, and he's flash passes, but if Tatum can really be as much as a playmaking threat as he is a scoring threat when he has the ball in his hands, that's just going to take him to new heights. 100%. And another thing I wanted to touch on as far as Ime Aduku was that he, he bends Grant Williams for complaining about, you know, getting call, you know calls and stuff like that. And then was he also was in foul trouble and stuff like that. But he gave up an easy bucket while he was jawing at the ref in the preseason. And Ime has been preaching like he does not care about people. He does not want people to complain about calls. You complain about calls, you might as well just get benched. So um, I just thought that was a good thing to see from from him as far as being consistent with that. He's literally just not gonna, not even gonna stress it. Like you, you gonna complain, man? That's cool. We don't, we don't do that around here. So you don't complain. Sit down. That's my job. I'm the coach. Let me talk to the ref. Let me talk to him. Let me fight for you guys. You guys focus on the game and play the game of basketball. I'm going to coach. And I think that's the best way to go about it because if you complain and stuff like that, it takes you out of position and ends up giving easy points to the other team and just kind of throws off everything. And then you get frustrated with each other, and it's just not its not a good ball. No, 100% agree. It's good to see Ime putting his money where his mouth is. Uh, as far as, you know, talking about he doesn't want people, um, you know, on the team complaining to the referees. Um, and also, I mean, and this is going to sound kind of old fashioned, man, but complaining to the referees, obviously, you know, having a dialogue with the referee is one thing, you know, during free throws, kind of explaining the referee uh, where your point of view is. But complaining mid play and giving up an easy bucket, man, there's no excuse for that. Um, you know, you'll be benched at any level of basketball for that. And I don't think the NBA is any different. Grant should know better than that. Um, you can't give up easy buckets while complaining to the ref. Um, and yeah, and it's not like Ime is not going to be working the refs too. He, I'm sure he'll do his part. So, uh, you know, I know he's got. Yeah, 100%, man. And then also, it just looks like a good point for us just to make sure that everybody goes. This, this show is brought to you by manscaped.com. When manscaping, you got to use the right tools for the job. 
And trust me, your balls will thank you. I've actually been using the Manscaped for months. Um, I own a couple of their products like the Lawnmower 2.0. Make sure that you guys go ahead and pick up your own products. You can go ahead and get a nice little 20% off with HoopBall20. Um, go ahead and put that in, and you'll be able to get yourself some some really good products there, you know? Yes, HoopBall20 is the code. Make sure to get that in there. Um, I might use it myself, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, you know, you got to be nice and clean shaven. Um, and I think things are going to go nice and smooth. Um, we Game one of the regular season here against the Knicks. Uh, the Celtics are two-point underdogs here um, because I figure because Horford's not playing, and right now uh, it's up in the air whether or not Jalen is playing. Um, but I cannot wait for meaningful basketball, um, and I can't wait to see. You know, this is going to be an amazing game, man. Kemba uh, against the Celtics. I know we talked about the revenge game narrative. Um, I'm really excited to see him and Fournier uh, play against the Celtics. And, you know, it's going to be in the Garden, and we know how electric the Garden is, man. So I can't wait to see this game, Patrick. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Um, you know, I think it's going to be it's going to be a hard-fought game. Thibodeau is going to scheme really well. Ime is going to come out, and we're going to we're going to battle, man. I think it's going to be a battle. We get to see Julius Randle, um, winner of the Most Improved Player Award last year. Um, Thibodeau is coach of the year, so they got they got some guys over there, man. You got Derrick Rose, um, Evan Fournier, revenge game. Kemba Walker, revenge game. So there's there's definitely some narratives here. Kemba Walker already just, you know, he had a quote come out today um, regarding why it didn't work in Boston. He said it, he doesn't think it was anything to do with him not really working in Boston. He just thought it was his health at the end of the day. He didn't think it was anything else other than his health. And fighting your health is, is fine. So we'll see how Kemba Walker is looking against Boston Celtics to open up the night. Hopefully we get Jalen Brown because uh, that would be crucial not to have him. Just having him out there would just be nice, even if he's in limited fashion. But I'm expecting a big game from Jason Tatum, man. I think uh, he's always started off the seasons on a slower start. So I'm wondering if he's he's going to make an initiative to to get going early on this year. Yeah, if there's one thing uh, we know about Tatum is he loves the big stage, man. And there's no lights brighter in basketball than Madison Square Garden. So I'm expecting at least 30 points from Tatum. Um, and, you know, what I'm really looking forward to seeing is uh, – how the new guys look, how like Schroeder and Jay Rich look. Um, Cause I think, you know, we're, we have a sum of what of an idea of how, you know, the guys like smart and Rob will and even well, Horford's not playing, but Tatum, we know how they play. I'm really excited to look at the new guys and then guys like Neesmith and Romeo. Uh, what type of role do they carve out for themselves? Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, this is going to be a tough game though. Honestly, I, you know, before we were recording, I was saying I was kind of surprised the Celtics, um, we're underdogs, but you know, when, with Horford out and Jalen's status up in the air, you know, honestly, it's not that surprising. This is going to be a close game, I think. Um, you know, I do think the Celtics probably squeak this one out by a few points, but uh, it's definitely not going to be a cakewalk. And you know, Knicks have a lot of talent, man. You know, their offense is going to be humming a lot better than it was last year. Uh, defense might have slipped a little bit, but um, the Knicks' offense is going to be hard to stop. It's going to be a kind of pick your poison sort of deal. Uh, you know, so we'll see how the Celtics defense looks against a team with a lot of offensive options. No, I, absolutely. I think it's uh, it's going to be strong. You know, there's a lot going on. It's it's a uh, it's a big big game for the Celtics. We we got to knock this this game out. I think you know Knicks are are kind of like a rival in a sense of, you know, this is an Eastern team that that was better than us and and finished. 
better than us last season. So the start of improvement is start beating some of those teams that were finished ahead of us. Prove to them that, like, yeah, that ain't happening again. That was the wrong – this ain't happening, you know, two seasons in a row. Celtics are better than what they finished at last season. I think that they need to prove that going into this one. As well as, like, you know, they're in the same division. Division games are important. You've got to win the division. And especially with, you know, the whole Ben Simmons thing kind of going on in Philadelphia, that second-best team in, in the division is up in the air now. Yeah, big agree. Honestly, I think our division – well, yeah, obviously. It's got to be the second-best. So the Nets kind of slipped my mind there for a second. But, yeah, no, this, <laughs> no the, uh, the second place is totally up in the air. I think it could be any of these three teams – and I think, you know, the Celtics need to just go out there and take it. Um, like you're saying, I, I know that Ime and I know that Brad are saying to these guys, when the Knicks finished, you know, far ahead of you guys, I mean, you know, do you think that should happen again? And obviously the Celtics don't think that, just like the Knicks don't think they should uh, finish behind the Celtics. But since the Celtics were the ones that did finish behind, I feel like there is going to be a little more motivation there for the Celtics to come out and prove you know, we are in the top class of this Atlantic division. We are up there with Brooklyn. No, I'm not saying I believe that. I'm just saying that's what I think the message they're going to try and send. And, um, yeah, you mentioned this drama with Ben Simmons. So I, I think we can get into that um, if you want to. Yeah, man, it, it looks like Ben Simmons ended up going to back to Philadelphia, participated in practice, and then was unwilling to do a couple of drills and was sent home by the team. Um, came out that the Sixers are still not looking to move him at this moment unless it's like a blown away type trade. They want, it looks like they're pretty much wanting a superstar, um, a pretty good role player, and like two to three first round picks for Ben Simmons. So they're not nudging as far as his buy right now. But the drama just seems a little, it, it seems a little bad timing for the Sixers going into the season. You don't want that locker room drama. And what that means for the Celtics is, is that, that's an opportunity to get ahead in some games where maybe the Sixers locker room issues and they're, you know, going on there that might end up lingering into the season. So I think the Celtics need to take advantage and, and really um, separate themselves from a team like the Sixers early on to really build that cushion as far as the record goes. Yeah. Like you mentioned, uh, division games are important and, you know, with uh, the Sixers reeling right now, as far as chemistry is concerned, I mean, every division game is going to count even more so now. Um, with that being said, with what you're saying, uh, I do think the Sixers need to move Ben Simmons as soon as possible, even if they get a smaller uh, return than they originally had hoped for. Um, I think as Celtics fans over the past few years, we we definitely have seen more than maybe almost anyone how uh, how tangibly team chemistry affects on-court play. And, um, you know, what happened at the Sixers' practice today was Ben Simmons refused to do a defensive drill. And Doc told him to go home. Um, so now, obviously, Ben Simmons is going to catch a lot of flack for that. Um, but Ben Simmons wasn't showing up. And, uh, you know, it was all the Sixers were like, oh, we want him here. We want him here. Well, now he's here and look what's happening. Uh, so maybe it would have been just better to leave him, uh, let him stay at home. But we'll see what happens. I wouldn't be surprised that Ben Simmons getting moved in the next two weeks because, you, you know, you cannot let your team, you know, kind of stay in turmoil like this. Um, you know, Embiid said we don't care about that. Uh, I don't. It really depends on what the comma was in that sentence, but what he said was, "We don't care about that, man." Um, so either way, Embiid doesn't really give a shit about this whole situation. Um, he just wants to focus on basketball. But nonetheless, you know, it's going to be a distraction until it's cleared up, even if they don't want to focus on it. So I think Daryl Morey's got to just, 
you know, bite the bullet here and trade him for a little Absolutely. bit of a, a smaller return than he was hoping for. But we'll see how it plays out, man. I'm guessing Sacramento or Golden State is where he ends up. Yeah, man, I mean, they, they got to figure that situation out. But it, it does affect the Celtics, man, because this isn't a division. It's also like, you know, where does he go? Does he stay in the Eastern Conference? Does one of these teams come, surprisingly like come out and like, hey, next thing you know, Indiana comes up with a package. You know, they just signed Brogdon on the extension. Now that's a contract that they could probably move for a reasonable price. You know, like there's definitely different teams out there that have different things to offer. So it could definitely shake up the whole Eastern Conference um, based off the decision that they decided to go in. But I, I know Ben Simmons is, is – I think he's a good player personally, and it just seems like that organization and, and him are, are definitely on their way to separate ways. Yeah, they definitely at odds. And like you said, I still think Ben Simmons is a good player. He obviously has his faults. Um, but there's not a lot of guys who can play the type of defense that he can. There's not a lot of guys at his size that can facilitate like he can. Uh, so I definitely still think he's a terrific player. Um, he just needs to be in, you know, maybe a different situation. And I will say he probably needs to have a little bit of a better attitude too. You know, he could have taken a little more accountability for how he played against the Hawks. But then again, you know, his coach and his teammate threw him straight under the bus. So I can see why Ben is a little frustrated with this situation there, just to be completely honest. Um, but yeah, that's definitely has to get sorted out sooner rather than later. I would not love to be a Philadelphia 76ers reporter or fan right now. Yeah, and and just to end it here on the on the Ben Simmons note is, I don't think the situation is as complicated as people are making it seem. I I, th- I feel like you know Philadelphia was shopping him around. I felt like multiple times um, last season, um, his name came up in trade rumors quite a bit. Remember the James Harden thing as well. Then he ended up playing poorly, and then the, his coach and his co-star pretty much like shouted him out publicly about how bad he played. Like you know that ain't cool. At the end of the day, you know like if you you're going to have an issue with like somebody who's your teammate. That's stuff that you talk about, you know, closed doors. Like it's the same as like you're in a work environment, right? You don't want to announce that like, Hey, you have a problem with this coworker to everybody you work with, or do you want to go handle it individually? You want to go handle it individually because you go shout it out. It just causes more drama at the end of the day. So I don't blame Ben Simmons not wanting to put a smile on and just be a good soldier all of a sudden when everybody around them has pretty much criticized them. The people who are supposed to have your back are like, hey, man, you need to work on this ball. Should have said that stuff behind the doors. So um, hopefully Ben Simmons and Philly, you know, they, they part soon so that thing can get kind of squared away and we can kind of see where, where that puts the Celtics as well as, as battling those Sixers. I, I think the Sixers really want to stay in contention for, for the division and to possibly win a championship. Um, so it'll be interesting what they decide to do. Yeah, I really wonder. You know, like you mentioned, Indiana, I think Karis LeVert is probably an option um, that they could trade him for because Philly obviously needs that like ball handler, shot creator um, who can run the offense with the ball in his hands. Um, I don't know if they're going to send away Brogdon, though. I think LeVert is probably more likely. Um, I think that, you know, maybe Beasley or somebody from, um, you know, Minnesota is an option. Um, and then, you know, a number of players from Golden State could probably get it done. But, yeah, we'll see what ends up happening, man. I just think they need to resolve it as quickly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, yeah, man, Celtics play tomorrow. Um, they're at going to be 7.30 um, p.m. Eastern time. We're super excited, man. I think uh, I think the Celtics are going to win this game. My, my final prediction to the score, I think it's going to be 112 to 108. Celtics win by four. I think Tatum ends up having a, a pretty good game. 
And I think Dennis Schroeder ends up being the X factor in this overall game. I think he ends up coming out with 20 plus points and, and really mm-hmm. giving the bench a boost to scoring. Um, yeah. Um, I, as far as score predictions go, um, you know, it looks like the over under is 213.5. Um, I will say it's going to be a, a nice. 108-105 game um, going right under. I think the Celtics pull this one out. I think Tatum has a big game. Um, and I think Josh Richardson is going to, you know, uh, prove his uh, worth for the Celtics as a playmaker. Like, I love that he can get into the middle of the defense and break the defense down as a guy at his size. Um, we saw that in the preseason. I can't wait to see that in live action. Um, and, you know, as Mike mentioned down in the comments, Mitchell Robinson is out of shape and Nerlens Noel is doubtful. So... Um, I think the Celtics need to really focus on attacking the rim because the rim protection might be lacking a little bit. Um, you know, they're going to have maybe Julius Taj in there. Um, so I think that the Celtics really need to make that a priority with the, uh, so Tatum, a big, big game playing big boy ball and Robert Williams, some extra lobs. Yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Yes, man. I'm excited, man. So me and Lucas will actually be back here on Spotify green room right after the Celtics game tomorrow. Make sure to tune in then if you want to come in and hang out with us. It's always a great time here. We have a lot of fun. We let some people up on the on the stage. We might end up doing that tomorrow since it's the first game. Get some people's first reactions, see if they overreact, underreact, what's going on in their minds. We'll get our, our take on the game as well, man. Um, do you have anything else you want to add today, Lucas? I sure do. I just want to shout out the WNBA champion, Chicago Sky. That's my squad. If I wasn't sick today, I would have been downtown at the parade. Uh, it was an amazing experience going to game three. Love that they clinched it in game four. Candace, bring the title back to the city. Just wanted to shout them out quick. That's my WNBA squad. Um, but besides that, Patrick, I got nothing else, man. Yeah, man. Shout out to the sky. Congratulates on the championship victory. And also, man, Lucas, I hope you start feeling better, man. Hopefully it, see you there tomorrow. And we're just going to knock it out. Make sure you follow the show, Hoop All Celtics. Make sure you follow me and Lucas on Twitter for any of your Celtics needs. I will be tweeting while I am watching the game. So go ahead and check out um, me when I'm uh, during the game tomorrow. I'm sure Lucas is going to be tweeting during the game as well. And then we'll be right here on Spotify Green Room to talk about the game afterwards. But uh, other than that, man, well, Lucas, man, another great episode. Hope you have a good one. Also, we're out. I'll talk to you tomorrow.